Welcome back to Mothers in Construction Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Rivers. Today, we are speaking with Lark Jackson. Lark is the Gender Equity Center Associate Director for the National Center for Women's Equity and Apprenticeship and Employment for Chicago Women in Trades. Chicago Women in Trades, otherwise known as CWIT, is a amazing organization that has championed for women in the trades or women in our industry as a whole. They've done so much and are doing so much to change the narrative of what it is to be a woman in a trade. I mean, it's an organization that I hold true to my heart. It's an organization that I've looked to as a model for Mothers in Construction. And I'm just so happy to have Lark on here today as she drops these gems and provides resources and information that could help us continue on this plight to support women in the trades. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Don't forget to check us out every Thursday. Please like and please subscribe. Welcome, everyone, to Mothers in Construction Podcast. I have a very special guest with me today. Thank you, Tonya, for this opportunity to just introduce myself and to introduce Chicago Women in Trades. My name is Lark Jackson, and I'm the Associate Director of Chicago Women in Trades' National Center for Women's Equity and Apprenticeship and Employment. Yes, Lark, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is a long time coming. We definitely have been speaking for quite some time And I want to let the listeners know that when I was putting together Mothers in Construction or even establishing the vision, Chicago Women in Trades was one of the organizations that I studied. And I just love your mission. I love what you all about. I love that you all were really pioneers in this game. And I want you to definitely speak about that. You personally have been a blessing to me as far as pouring into me and believing in mothers in construction and the potential. So I just thank you for that. All right. So I would definitely like for you to tell the listeners about CWIT and the mission of the organization. I love for you to detail the advocacy work, the changes in the industry, which have been influenced by the organization. Thank you for just being so gracious and being so supportive of the work that we do. Let me just give you a glimpse into what we do at CWIT, both locally in Chicago, but also um, at the national level. So we have our home base in Chicago. We've been around since 1981, and that's where we run what we call our Technical Opportunities Pre-Apprenticeship Program. It's a program designed to give prospective tradeswomen the foundational skills to really uh, successfully enter the unionized building construction trades in Chicago. Uh, We also have our welding program, which often gets women into careers, not only in construction, but also in manufacturing. We offer tradeswomen retention services by supporting women's committees across the construction trades. We even have a tradeswomen leadership council. Um, And of course, we offer supportive services to both our pre-apprentices in our program and our program graduates. So we really try to take a holistic approach to supporting tradeswomen. Our national center, which I'm a part of, works across the country to really provide technical assistance to workforce boards. And when I say technical assistance, that could mean uh, training, workshops, just overall guidance to these stakeholders, such as, like I said, the workforce boards, registered apprenticeship programs in construction or in manufacturing, contractors, employers, and of course, tradeswomen's groups, emerging tradeswomen's groups around the country, and other industry stakeholders just on how to recruit and retain women in non-traditional career pathways. So within this work, our menu of services can include providing harassment prevention training. 
gender lens curriculum for a pre-existing manufacturing boot camp, for instance, or providing bystander intervention training, helping registered apprenticeship programs and employers customize their recruitment strategies, and just other products that you know will help industry stakeholders establish the policies and the practices that help women not only survive in these industries, but also thrive in these male-dominated, high-skilled, blue-collar industries. We also provide uh, recommendations to policymakers on how to provide equitable opportunities for women in apprenticeship and also infrastructure. And just for your audience, for a complete list of our services and products, please check out our womensequitycensor.org website. Again, that's womensequitycenter.org. Thank you so much for that. And just so you all can really get a taste of what it's like to walk into the doors at uh, Chicago Women in Trades. So I visited your Chicago office and there weren't any classes in session, but I'm going to tell you, I walked into so many group sessions. I walked into some meetings where there was game planning. There were people who were charged just to lead this mission, this plight you know, and I was so encouraged and empowered. Like I really wanted to take over the world after going there. <laughs> and then I did a walkthrough of the space, the mural. Let's talk about that, how empowering it was just to see those women there. Um, and I believe it was that that was painted by someone who actually attended the program. I went into the welding shop. I, I just went around the, the training center and I just, I, I felt as if I was one of those women who were there who just wanted to have an opportunity to thrive in this industry and just knowing that there was a community built around me. And that's what you all provide. And that list, that menu of programs that you mentioned is real. Is there any other initiatives and partnerships that see what is currently developing to improve workplace conditions for women in the trades? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess let me start with infrastructure. A major part of the conversation lately around like workforce equity and, and you know, just making sure that tradeswomen have a seat at the table with all these infrastructure investments. So, you know, just to make sure that women and also people of color, right, get their fair share of opportunities that are coming along with these infrastructure investments, CWIT has developed our Women Building Infrastructure Initiative, where CWIT and 10 other uh, tradeswomen-led organizations are working to promote equity and inclusion for women and people of color working in the trades on publicly funded infrastructure projects. So this collaborative effort is really guided by the National Task Force on Tradeswomen's Issues, which is a national advocacy group that CWIT is a part of. Um, and that group developed a 10-point equity framework, um, which, among other things, calls for you know community monitoring of equity goals for contractors and subcontractors on publicly funded infrastructure projects. Um, the framework also calls for each state to spend at least 0.5%, so um, one half of 1% of the overall federal and state dollars spent for infrastructure in that state on supportive services. And those supportive services can include, of course, transportation, childcare stipends. But we expanded that definition of supportive services um, to also include pre-apprenticeship programs, right? Because we see the endless possibilities that come with, you know, uh, women, women only, women focused pre-apprenticeship programs. I also want to highlight a, a group that I work with here in Philadelphia, which is the Women in Non-Traditional Careers Initiative, otherwise known as WINC. So W-I-N-C. And so I think that's like a perfect example of just the impact of women only pre-apprenticeship programs at the, you know, the programs we've been able to seed at the national level. This particular initiative works to 
give women more access to careers in construction, manufacturing, transit, and the utilities industries here in Philadelphia. And I'm also happy to announce that uh, the Wink Initiative has been fortunate enough to receive an investment from Constellation Energy Mm -hmm. to expand our current Wink Tradeswomen Readiness Program, which is a women-only six-week training program that Mm -hmm. introduces women to those industries and gives them all the supportive services that they need to successfully enter those career pathways, um, as well as obviously the training that they need to successfully enter those career pathways. So um, those are two uh, initiatives that we're really excited that we have jumpstarted and are expanding. Um, We also launched the first women-only Millwright uh, pre-apprenticeship program um, in Chicago last year. Again, a women-only program partnering with the um, Chicago Carpenters uh, Training Program. We also locally are a part of uh, working on the Obama Presidential Center, along with uh, several other groups, um, so uh, Higher 360, Revolution Workshop, St. Paul Community Development Ministry, Chicago Regional Council of Carpenters, and IBW 134, you know, all in Chicago. And really, this workforce partnership is just designed to make sure that, you know, that the community members um, have access to construction careers, and they'll be the ones working on that project, right? Again, this idea of workforce equity. Um, So we specifically, you know, with our advocacy work and our expertise in providing guidance on how to best do outreach, recruitment, assessment, training, and of course, retention of tradeswomen, we will be helping the OPC with their outreach and their training and their test preparation and job placement to Chicagoans to get those opportunities. Wow, that's that's wonderful. And I'm I'm so thankful for the work that you all do. I want to touch on something. For me, what's important is that Seawood, Mothers in Construction, NAWIC, NABWIC, all of these organizations were started off of a need, right? Off of not having mm-hmm. equity in a workplace and construction, not seeing each other in the construction in construction. Um, it's it just everything that a woman goes through in this industry. And I know for me, it was because of the things that I went through as a mom and recognizing that we've got a long way to go to making things more comfortable for mothers. So I woke up in the morning one day and I was charged to start this. And it's it's not easy. So I know that the fight sometimes can cause you to be dismayed to kind of go back into your corner. But what advice can you give to an organization or someone who is invested in making this change and just not really knowing how to start? You know, because CWIT is 40 years in the making. We're going to talk about that later. But what advice do you have for someone who just has a dream and wants to make change in this industry? That's a great question. So, you know, I've only been working with the tradeswomen movement since 2017, right? And this movement has been going on for decades, right? Like Seawood, again, was started in 1981. There are several other organizations around the country that, you know, Seawood collaborates with, such as, you know, non-traditional employment for women in New York City, Heartland Women in Trades in Kansas City, Missouri, Building Pathways in Boston, Texas Women in Trades, West Virginia Women Work, Trades Women Inc. Right? I can go on and on. So, you know, these organizations have really laid the the groundwork for someone like me, right, as an advocate to enter this space mm-hmm. and have the tools to to fight. The best advice I can give is to celebrate your victories, but don't get complacent, mm-hmm. right? I feel like just again with me only being in this movement since 2017, I I I feel like that you know I've really like reaped the benefits of 
a lot of the, you know, a lot of the decades of labor, both literal and emotional labor that trades women and advocates have placed into the trades women movement. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing a lot of the fruits of, of that labor, right? I'm seeing a lot of the opportunities where trades women's voices are being prioritized now. And I think it's really great to see trades women helping to shape the conversation around workforce equity. But I, I still know there's a ton of work that needs to be done. You know, the national levels for, or the national per- percentage rather, of tradeswomen on their tools, right, is still abysmal, right? It's still like a, like there are so many, so many young women that don't know that these opportunities exist. There are so many, you know, women who who were deterred from pursuing these opportunities, right? So they are in jobs that they don't love, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to get to a point where these career pathways are not invisible to women, that women know that these co- pathways are created for them and that they really do have a seat at the table and, and they're allowed to, to speak at that table. They're not just sitting there, right? They're invited to participate, right, in decision-making. So I I want to see more women in union leadership roles. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to that day. So again, there's a lot of, there there have been a lot of victories lately, especially with like getting the attention of federal and state and local agencies, you know, Department of Transportation, Department of Commerce, and having their support and just them being so excited about, you know, our women building infrastructure initiative and really championing tradeswomen. So, you know, counting those victories, but also still staying focused on those longer term goals, right? When when I go to a career fair, having a woman say, oh yeah, I know that that's a, an accessible like career pathway for me. Um, where do I sign up? You know, if they're interested right, right. or you know, not shying away from it or saying, oh, I, I thought those career pathways were for women, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also just getting to a point where women aren't the last ones hired, first ones fired. You know, I think that yeah. there is this this huge barrier there where when a woman is able to successfully enter her trade, but then she becomes a journey woman and then she's not she's not getting a fraction of the work that her male counterpart is getting, right? right? You know, we know the consequences of that in terms of her lifetime earning potential, right? So, you know, I want to I wanna get to a point where I'm, I'm seeing women consistently work on job sites and they're being treated well, they're being treated fairly, they're, they're given fair access to um, overtime hours, right? I'm looking forward to that day where those stories are actually more common than the stories of I was the last one hired, first one fired, Right, right. And that's encouraging. And if I may lay it out there, this labor shortage, it really has put it all out there, right? It it, it was a game changer for the game um, because everyone looked around and said, wow, how are we going to fill these gaps? Hmm, women, right? So now you got all these programs. Now you have all this funding. Now you have all these initiatives. Now you've got all these apprenticeship schools starting up. And you know what? I'm all for it. I almost say I wish that it didn't take that for us to get the recognition. But now that we have it, now that we have the seat, now that we have the ear, let's jump on it, you know, and there's room for everyone to come into this this plight and and do what they can to make it happen. Um, And I'm so excited for the energy that's out here right now. Like you said, there's a lot of wins. And I know you feel like, hey, you know, I'm I'm seeing the fruit of people that have been doing this since the 80s and back in the 80s where someone can literally tell you, look at you in the face and say, oh, you're a woman. I'm not working with you. And it's okay. And they'll keep their job and you're standing to the side. You know, so whereas nowadays where I'm not going to say that that's not happening anymore, I think that it's happening less than it was definitely then. And we have more of a voice. So for me, it's about 
bringing awareness by us understanding that there's CWITs out there, that there's Mothers in Construction out there, that there's all of these other programs and wonderful organizations out there you know, wink and just supporting resources that we didn't have that I didn't even have, you know, almost 20 years ago when I started um, and, and allowing women to take advantage of what's out here and thriving, not just being there, like you said, thriving in this industry because, you know, we're doing our thing out here and it, it being normalized. And I think that to get it to that point is definitely by us increasing our numbers by encouraging. And one of the things that we're thinking to focus on with Mothers of Construction is focusing on our girls, you know, having them have those conversations when they're in school and elementary school, pre-K, when, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a plumber. I want to be an electrician. Well, they've got to have the visibility to have those conversations so now we're seeing mm-hmm. construction related books come out, you know, so now we need to buy those books. We need to read them, you know, so it's 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 a group effort. You know, even if if someone doesn't have an organization, you can still do your part by having a conversation with a young girl by encouraging the next woman behind you. You know, I think that's going to be really big and helping each other get to the table as well. Yeah, I also I guess in my, from my perspective, I see a lot a lot more women actually supporting each other. And what you're saying is definitely valid. I see it from the other side of where like those women's committees just aren't getting support from their union, for instance. One thing that, you know, that we do at the national level is we teach those emerging tradeswomen groups on how to really organize and even use their women's committees as an outreach and recruitment tool to get more women into their union, right? So I did kind of want to just also make this point that we do actually have one really awesome resource specifically for construction. It's called our You Can Do It booklet. Again, you'll find all this on our um, womensequitycenter.org website. You Can Do It booklet. I really like it because it's focused on any perspective, um, you know, tradeswoman who's interested in building construction trades. And I like it because it has a variety of stories from women who come from a variety of backgrounds. So, you know, you mentioned you know, outreach to young women. And that's super important. And in my experience, I oftentimes hear a lot of stories from women in their 30s, 40s, even early 50s, right? Where, again, they've been conditioned to believe that they can only be teachers, right? They can only work office jobs. And they, you know, they've been discouraged from pursuing their passions, which is to be in the trades or do something that's more hands-on, right? Mm -hmm. So I really think that there also needs to be a conversation and say, hey, you can do this. Like, you can do this in your 40s. You can make that career shift and this is how you do it, right? right? So, you know, for instance, the Women in Non-Traditional Careers Initiative, when you go to the webpage, um, you immediately encounter this quiz, this this assessment quiz, where you as a prospective tradeswoman can complete this quiz to figure out if a career in construction or manufacturing or transit or the utilities is a good career fit for you. And irrespective of age, irrespective of color or socioeconomic status, it's really just this opportunity for you to ask yourself some internal questions to figure out where your passions may be. So I think that there needs to be more of that too, like literally undoing some of that conditioning, right, around what jobs are for women in our society, no matter what age that a woman is. I I love this discussion. I love everything that we've discussed today. I love the framework that has been provided for someone else who wants to join in 
and take advantage of the momentum and the energy that is out here right now. But yes, you're right. We are definitely supporting each other. We're seeing so many different groups pop up and I love it. I love the energy. And I think that we are starting to see that more women are coming in or at least staying in because they feel supported. So what is next? I mean, you all have accomplished so much, but what's next for Seawit? What's next in your vision um, to to make sure that women in the trades or just women in the industry are thriving? Definitely our Women Building Infrastructure Initiative is, you know, the next focus area for us. I, I guess in, in just really thinking about participating in this podcast, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to really think about, well, what have we done well? Especially, you know, during the time that, you know, I've been able to really observe our work. You know, I would say that our our organization has really brought like a greater awareness for the unique barriers that women experience, again, when they're trying to enter and remain in the skilled trade. So, you know, we've, we've done a great job of like highlighting, you know, lack of career education and entry routes, inadequate on the job training, childcare challenges, right? Um, and we've also done, you know, our due diligence to really offer recommendations to reduce or eliminate these barriers. So, you know, you can see some of those recommendations in our publications. So we have our Here to Stay Black, Latina, and Afro-Latina Women in Construction briefing paper, or our Pregnancy and Maternity in the Trades, uh, Good Practices for Apprentices uh, research paper. And so in terms of next steps, one of the immediate next steps is um, on March 28th, um, we'll be leading a webinar, which is hosted by Jobs for the future on pregnancy accommodation and registered apprenticeship. Mm. So that's where, you know, our audience is basically registered apprenticeship programs, union leaders, contractors, and employers. And they'll get the opportunity to really understand the benefits for, you know, creating family-friendly policies. We'll also share some best practices for establishing those family-friendly policies for registered apprenticeship programs. And last but not least, you know, those attendees will also learn how to really promote these policies um, to really get everyone in invested in supporting these policies. So that's an immediate next step is, again, continuing the the work of promoting equitable policies and practices, and then just really making sure that we are making the most of these infrastructure investments for tradeswomen. Yes, for sure. I'm so excited to hear about that event and let us know how we can help. I'll definitely be in attendance um, to see how we can push the message as well, because uh, it's, it's definitely important. And you're right. Um, I I'm so happy to see what's out here. I I love to see your work. I love what you all are doing. It's it's a goal of mine to just sit here on the outside looking in and and knowing the depths as to where we can grow as well as an organization. And it's definitely motivation for us. So thank you so much. And do you have any other advice for the listeners or any other advocates out there for women in the trades? Listen to trades women. That's it. <laughs> All of our, you know, guidance, our recommendations, our research is based on the voices of tradeswomen. So listen to them. Mm. That's that's the best advice I can give advocates and, you know, other industry stakeholders. Lark, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing those gems and dropping those gems. Thank you for all of your work and thank you for what you will do in the future, because I know it'll be great things. Oh, thank you, Tonya. And thank you for your hard work and just, again, inviting us on your platform. Um, we appreciate the hard work you're doing. So thank you. Thank you to my guests for joining us. And thank you for tuning in to MIC. Please be sure to check us out every Thursday. And don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're using so that you don't miss an episode when we drop. 
Remember, being a mom in this industry is about making sacrifices, but you do not have to sacrifice your dreams. If someone else has done it, you can as well. Do what you got to do and make it happen. 